Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, April 26. U.S. futures indices are mixed this morning. So you have the S&P futures off about five points. That's about 11 basis points. Dow futures are flat. Russell 2000 futures are outperforming. They're up nine points. That is about 40 basis points. NASDAQ futures are underperforming. They're off 42 points. That's about 30 basis points. The major European indices are flattish overall. There is some big movement behind the scenes, though. So you're seeing nice outperformance in basic resources for all your major mining stocks. Travel, leisure, lodging are all rallying. Banks and real estate are higher as well. You're seeing underperformance in Europe in autos, tech, staples, and healthcare. Asia was mixed overall. You saw strength in Taiwan, Korea, and India, underperformance in mainland China and Hong Kong. So there are a lot of moving pieces this morning, a bunch of um, you know various different headlines. Obviously, you're not seeing a dramatic move in the overall indices today in response to everything, but just kind of running through some of the big ones. Um, so build back better, uh, you know, U.S. infrastructure spending taxes. Obviously, this is going to be the big focus in Washington over the coming months. Um, Biden is set to formally unveil the second stage of his infrastructure proposal, this quote unquote social infrastructure piece, which will couple um, a variety of different social spending initiatives, including child care, um, education spending, et cetera. Couple that with um, individual tax hikes, um, including that capital gains hike, which, again, it's been known for months that Biden was going to move forward with this, but, um, you know, I've been very much in the news this morning. So uh, Biden is addressing Congress on Wednesday. He'll be kind of formally unveiling that over the coming days. He saw, you know, again, I think you should focus much less on what the White House is proposing and focus much more on um, indications in Congress's terms of what they're prepared to pass in this environment. So Manchin spoke on the on CNN on Sunday talking about how he will not support um, uh, a reconciliation passed, you know, multi-trillion dollar infrastructure bill. He very much wants a targeted, which which means, um, you know, a, a bill focused on physical infrastructure um, and he wants something passed on a bipartisan basis. So again, that will be a major obstacle. Manchin is the most vocal of the central Democrats, but he's really not the only one. There are a couple of others um, who feel similar to him as far as the numbers that are being talked about um, and as far as all the incremental spending and then and then the need to kind of have some type of a bipartisan bill. So again, we'll have to see how all this unfolds. Um, you know, I do think you're going to see tax increases. It's a question of the extent to which they rise. I think it'll be much less than what the White House is proposing. You've seen a lot of uh, material written about capital gains, specifically talking about how 28% is an important demarcation point above that. And this is kind of um, on an objective basis scored by the C- the, the um, Congressional Budget Office, which provides, um, you know, scores all the bills as far as the impact of the budget above 28% on capital gains, you actually start losing revenue to the government. So that is just an important threshold to keep in mind. Um, as you go above that, the, the scoring actually um, turns negative for, for these bills as far as the revenue they take in. 
And then on corporate cats, remember mentioned in the past, I said he doesn't want to see it go above 25%. So, you know, the, the ultimate rates are, are going to be a lot lower than what the White House is proposing, but there's still a lot unknown. Um, we'll have to see how it all unfolds over the coming um, over the coming weeks and months. So that's fiscal policy on the monetary policy front. Um, you know, the ECB last week was very boring. The Fed this Wednesday is going to be very boring. No major shifts that are occurring um, for April in terms of central bank policy. The June 16th Fed meeting, though, I think, again, is going to be quite important where they begin the process of laying the groundwork for tapering. I don't think you're going to see actual tapering until November of de- or December of this year. But Powell has said he will provide ample notice to the market for um, before tapering commences. And given the trajectory of economic activity, strong growth that we're seeing, strong gains that we're seeing in underlying growth plus inflation, um, you know, we are approaching the point where Powell is going to start to um, allude to tapering. I think that will happen in June. Um, so that's just set, definitely something to keep on your radar. You're seeing that show up a lot more in, in the media and kind of the market narrative. On the COVID front, um, it's very much the same in the U.S. You know, you're, the vaccine numbers are, are great. You are seeing more and more reopening announcements every day. There's a new reopening announcement about some type of restriction being lifted, some type of an industry reopening. Um, you know, you are seeing the pace of vaccinations in the U.S. are slowing um, as you kind of now try to tackle the second half of the U.S. adult population and get them to receive vaccinations. The pace is certainly down um, significantly from where it had been. You are still seeing some global um, hotspots, specifically India, um, is being ravaged by COVID right now at the moment. Um, the European headlines remain very positive. So, you know, again, Europe is a couple of months behind the U.S. You're seeing the European vaccination numbers really increase. You're seeing the um, pace of European reopening announcements also increase. So there's an article in the New York Times um, late on Sunday talking about how the EU may allow, um, U.S. tourists to start visiting again starting this summer. So that has a lot of the travel stocks trading very well in Europe this morning. Um, you know, so in the U.S., I think, again, it's not that reopening isn't happening. It's that the consensus already appreciates that reopening is underway. In Europe, you still have somewhat of a discrepancy whereby sentiment is still a little negative and the, um, reopening news flow is becoming quite positive. Um, no major economic data today to really talk about. You haven't really seen any big earnings reports out yet today, um, although there were certainly a couple in Europe. Um, I have everything in the piece today. Um, this coming week is going to be very busy. You have a ton of macro now, uh, macro catalysts and you have um, a bunch of earnings. This is going to be the peak volume week of the Q1 season. Um, so in addition to the Fed on Wednesday, you have a lot of uh, GDP reports, including from the US and Europe. You have a bunch of US inflation figures. Um, and then you have obviously Biden's address on Wednesday and a lot more. Um, on the earnings front, there are way too many to go through. Um, for Monday specifically for earnings, the big ones will be NXPI and Tesla after the close. I sent around the vital catalyst piece on Saturday that has previews for all the big macro events, plus 47 of the big earnings reports this week. Um, so be sure to check that out on the website. And that is essentially everything for today. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening.